podcast. Welcome to the Queer Arabs podcast. This is Alia. And Ellie. And we are the Queer Arabs. I'm half Saudi and a full lesbian. I am bi trans Lebanese, and we are broadcasting here in New York City at, at the Flux Factory. Flux Factory, yes. Yes, we're at an event called Mark for Redaction. Um, if people follow Flux Factory, like you can see a little bit more about it. And yeah, we'll post where you can see more about what it's about. There's a website for Mark for Redaction. It's really cool to be here. It's a gallery, um, very well curated exhibit with like featuring various Swana artists. And we're super excited to be here. It's visual art, painting, like there are various mediums. And then there's also going to be films. And we're gonna have, we're gonna um, come back tomorrow for a musical performance by Flower Punk, which we'll talk about later. By the way, what's your favorite piece so far, darling? I can't, I don't think I'm able to pick a favorite. I love everything I've seen. There's one that's on leather. That's, it's a self-portrait on leather that's really absolutely gorgeous. And then also there's um, one of our past guests, Caitlin, has a piece here. It's the Coptic Babe, Coptic Dyke piece, and there's so much happening. It's it's just an incredible uh, spread of various thoughts that she's had, various moods, and um, yeah, and we'll be posting more, like some pictures of it and stuff like that. So Ellie, what do you think about the uh, event so far? Uh, it's a lot of fun. There's a lot of cool people, obviously. Uh, my favorite pieces so far is, well, to my right, we're recording in the Hab- Habibi room. Habibi yeah. Room? The, the Habibi, Habibi room. room. Uh-huh. And it's this really cool, like, sit-down area with a whole bunch of cushions, like, tables. There's a Polaroid camera. Yeah. But at the very back and to to the right from the back of the room, there is this uh, picture series. I want to say it's a picture series of to- two people in fursuits looking like Tom and Jerry doing the Muslim prayer. And it's really cool. Yeah, it is really cool. Uh, um, the other one I liked is, uh, I'm probably going to screw up the name. It's the uh, Making Assage, what's it called? Um, um, seasoned salad. Seasoning season salad, where it's this really cool pencil sketch of this man making a salad. However, it is angled like with all these phallic vegetables, and it looks like he's cutting his penis. It could be his penis. Yeah, it's. I don't think we've seen, said it penis. Is a, it's a carrot. Oh, it's a carrot. But it looks like it's a penis. Like, it's like, uh, it's placed so that it looks like yeah. a penis. It's really, it's a really cool piece. It's in pencil. There's a lot that I still have to take in. I haven't looked at every single thing. Yeah, the Habibi room um, is like designed to look like a, a living room in yeah. Lebanon. Uh, and it's just uh, so inviting. This is like one backgammon board short of my uncle's house, I think. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know. And yeah, and then like there's a camera. People can take Polaroid pictures of themselves or whatever and leave it in the Habibi room just as a memory. So, yeah. Here, um, pause it. Let's pause this. All right, there we go. Okay. That looks so right. So we have one of the artists here. Um, can you introduce yourself and tell us what you're doing at Mark for Redaction, like what pieces you're showing? Yes, hi, thank you for having me. So my name is Ra'ed Rafai. I'm a Lebanese filmmaker. Um, currently I live in Santa Cruz. I'm doing a PhD in film and digital media at UC Santa Cruz. Um, and for Mark for Redaction, I'm showing three of my films. 
two tonight and one tomorrow. And I'm talking about my work. So the films are Salam, which is a short film. It's a collaboration with a feminist Syrian organization. Um, and then I'm showing Here I Am, Here You Are, which is a personal queer essay documentary. And tomorrow I'm showing um, a film that I made with my sister, who's also a filmmaker. Uh, so it's a co, it's a work that's co-written, co-produced between the two of us. Um, and it's called 74, The Reconstruction of a Struggle. And it's about the occupation of the American University of Beirut in 1974 by Whoa. the students. Whoa. Yeah, <laughs> so that's it in a nutshell. Oh, wow. Oh my gosh. Um, so that one's tomorrow? Yes. 74? Okay. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry, I'm a little starstruck. <laughs> yeah, this is also, amazing. Also, for context, he's rather handsome. Just, just <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh, so, in coming here, like, aside from your own pieces, what's your favorite piece so far? Um, I think I'm really overwhelmed by a lot of uh, <laughs> pieces. Um, I'm still, I cannot get over the there's a, um, a series of drawings, I'm oh, sorry, <laughs> a series of drawings um, of a person who's cutting his penis <laughs> and yes. then peeling it and uh, how do you call that in English? Like uh, shredding, shredding it? Shredding it yeah. uh, with a yeah. shredder. That which, stuck out to us. Uh, yes, yeah. so it's, uh, this one is really, uh, yeah, I'm, I keep on thinking about it. It's really intense. It is very intense because it's very violent, uh, but at the yeah. same time, it's these so are, casual. It's, these are like casual, yeah. um, domestic um, activities. Items. Yeah, exactly. Uh, really speaks to my occasional gender dysphoria, so, <laughs> yeah. So, in coming here, what, how have you found it so far? What's the vibe for you? Yeah. Um, I think I feel um, there's a sense of um, home, being home. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so yeah. I think I've been, I've been in the U.S., back in the U.S., because I lived in New York for two years, and then I went back to Beirut. And uh, being back now, I, I'm here for a year. Um, I never thought that I would be this kind of person, but I'm always very nostalgic for... Any aspect of something that spells uh, Arab culture, so yeah. this is making me feel closer to home. <laughs> yeah. I guess. Um, for me, I've always been really disconnected from my Arab identity just because growing up in America, blah, 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 refer to previous episodes. Anyway, um, but whenever I come to these queer spaces like this and Yellow Punk, I always feel like I feel home for the first time, you know? Yeah, like That's these cool. queer friendly Mina spaces are so powerful every time because it's kind of still a novelty to me because I haven't found that until recently. So like with Yellow Punk and this and yeah, I think like we all need this so badly. Yeah, so. I mean, I, I met Hilal, um, so I, I, I lived in New York between 2011 and 2013. And I remember yeah. in the beginning, I, I was just very intimidated by the city. I mean, yeah. I loved it, but it's a city that overwhelms you, intimidates you. And then I met Halal through the Arab Queer Collective, and the Arab Queer Collective was sort of a family for me. But it also, um, as someone who was born and raised in the Arab region, um, it was a very interesting insight into um, 
what Arab Americans go through, like and queer Arab Americans. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. Yeah, there's like some similarities, but some just like totally different, yeah. comparable experiences. I know. Absolutely. It's like you feel in coming here. I guess you would feel one step removed from their culture, and then you feel another step removed because oh, hey, you're queer, <laughs> yeah. and and you always feel like you're kind of in limbo. You don't know exactly where you fit in and to society. Um, and, like, yeah. and you have to wonder, does my reputation as a queer person precede me in this community? Am I going to be rejected because of that? Or, yeah. you know, because... And there's this balance that you have to find where, like, if you live in the U.S., but then all your family, like, in my case, like, your family's all in the Middle East, and you think, okay, my actions, how are my actions going to affect them? Like, are they going to take the fall for, like, my my stuff? Um, so I think that's another thing I always have to keep in mind. Like, like what is, what is everyone back home going to think? Yeah. Like, yeah. I want to talk a lot about, like, the Khashoggi thing. I have to find the balance. How much can I do and how much can I talk about without, like, affecting people in my family who are still there? Yeah. I don't know if you... If you feel that sometimes like with what you do uh, with this podcast and stuff i there are certain family members who would probably face some backlash if they were connected like if my name was connected with theirs and the queer arab stuff came up just because uh i one of my aunts works very closely with the saudi government and that's kind of a problem you know i don't want to stay silent but i also don't want to like put anyone else in danger when I know like I wouldn't be I don't want to ruin in danger it's like I don't want to be so. like ruining my some of my family members careers just by being out and queer yeah I mean I absolutely can identify with that and <laughs> that's why it was very hard to me to make my second film um, wow. uh, because my parents don't know that I'm gay actually oh, wow. um, is that what the film is about um Partially, it's about basically navigating um, navigating the Western queer politics, uh, which are, uh, as an outsider, so as someone from the global south, um, has a Lebanese passport, and how do you really relate to those ideals and uh, the politics of those ideals? Um, and I think it's it's really complex. Um, yeah. so I'm still thinking about like the it. concept of coming out. Is the so concept different. of coming out and, and like there's so much weight put on it here. Yeah. I think like people, uh, there's a lot of like not understanding those who can't come out or who choose also not to choose come out. not to, which is their right. Like everyone has the right to not come out, but like. I think there's a lot of pressure from the larger queer community. We all have to come out, otherwise no progress. Yeah. Or whatever, so. I just want to... Yeah. So, yeah. It's kind of a running issue. It's like a lot of times we, tra we sometimes trash coming out on this podcast as being sort of this Western thing that's, that is somewhat dangerous just because of our larger extended families and all the government stuff back home and just all the mess that it entails. But on the other hand, it paves the way for the next generation, you know? Yeah, yeah I mean, I, I think I, I don't have answers to that. And I think I, I just have, yeah. I think I just learned to be, have more humility when it comes to that. And I, I think Same. when I made the 
my second feature film. Maybe I had intended to come out, and then I decided not to. <laughs> At the same time, I made the film, so right. <laughs> there's always the risk that my parents would know. That's how it is with but, this podcast. <laughs> we're like, well, people could figure it out, but we're not going to like hand it to them. Hey, I have this podcast. But I, I just, I I, yeah, absolutely. And then I think um, for me, it's also being very much aware of all like the the ties and bonds uh, that are exist between within a community and between people yeah. and that can be completely damaged by the, f- the act of coming out so I think well maybe we can imagine different forms of coming out yeah. that are not yeah. necessarily uh, performative in the same way mm-hmm. that they are in the West yeah. Um, but uh, yeah at the same time I, I agree with Ellie that um, well, are you are you also maybe paving the way for other generations? At the same time, the danger is always to become yeah. sucked into the basically drop a drama bomb that never stops. You know, yeah. yeah like but someday, hope, someday, hopefully, like we won't have to come out. Like it won't be like, oh, we're different, so we have to say this have this big moment like I'm gay but it's also like really linked to um, identitarian politics and and it's linked to a a much larger context of um, universalization of um, of behavior and of rights and of uh, attitudes so yeah (gasps) I'm gonna pause it good to see you Oh my god, guess who just walked in? I don't know who did. <laughs> who did? <laughs> guess from the voice, everyone. Hey, it's Nadia. You're right, it's Nadia. <laughs> so the weirdest thing happened. We were sitting in the Habibi room that we were just talking about with all the Polaroid photos, and I said, oh my god, look who I found. And I found Nadia's picture, and then Nadia walked in. And so it was like an inception. Made her hold her photo you manifested it <laughs> like made Nadia hold her photo so I could like look at Nadia holding her photo so welcome and thank you for being here thank you talking on here again so what do you think of Mark for Redaction so far talk about what you did here before yeah all that stuff um so this is an amazing space i'm gonna talk closer to the mic yeah um this is an amazing space i've come here a few times so far the first time i was actually here by myself because i accidentally came to the gallery at the wrong time um but that was a really incredible intimate experience in itself yeah this whole exhibit just feels very intimate in different ways um like there's clearly some like very physically intimate stuff um caitlin's Mm -hmm. piece feels like just like a thought dump of inside of her head um and then just like chilling here in the habibi room it's it feels like a home yeah it it really feels very homey um it really does and is kind of um yeah it made me feel like home in ways i didn't really think were possible um a very warm gay home yeah yes yeah yeah it's just such an amazing environment that actually makes me feel like i'm at a family space um yeah 
So, yeah, um, I came to the space a few times just to check it out. I also ended up unexpectedly dancing here. Um, so, uh, Mirza, who was performing here last weekend, um, basically like posted on Instagram that they were going to be performing, and I was like, hey, um, I'll be at the show. And they're like, do you want to come hang out at Flux? I'm here all weekend. I'm like, sure, I'm not doing anything on Saturday, um, so we're hanging out here. We decide we should collab at some point. We decide we should collab the next day. <laughs> um, NBD. Yeah, and then some equipment breaks, and we never rehearse. But we make dinner, and that was really fun. <laughs> um, and then I just kind of improv the show. Uh, but it was um, really wonderful because sometimes, I don't know, like dancing is one way that I really connect to spaces. Um, sometimes yeah. moving is an easier way for me to connect than talking. Talking is kind of weird for me. I talked about that last time I was on this <laughs> podcast. Um, I don't think I've done as much recorded talking as I have on this podcast. Um, yeah. yeah, it was um, a, a really incredible way to connect to the space, connect to the um, people yeah. here. Awesome. Um, yeah, and yeah. I think that's um, something I've, really been looking for especially in my dance work lately to um find spaces and projects that i really feel committed and connected to yeah. and um that was just a really wonderful way that that kind of synced up yeah and you can see nadia um like clips of nadia dancing on instagram like nadia in her own world is the yeah, handle in her own world yeah yeah um, yeah uh i don't know if the, i don't know where the clips of that performance are not we'll, yeah we'll, we'll link something. yeah i mean not from here but like the, in they general. exist like I in don't general, know where they are yeah in general like clips of nadia dancing yeah. and it's really mesmerizing to watch thank you yeah so what's your favorite piece here so far yeah if you can if you've been able to pick one out like, I feel like like different ones for different reasons. Um, I just love this room as a thing. Um, the film room, I don't know who did it, is really, like, fast. It, I don't know. I, I, I think it's, like, fascinating in the way it, like, makes the political, like, very personal, like, down to the skin level. Um, so I thought that aspect of it was... Oh, I still need to check that out. Oh yeah, it's it's, it's cool. It's really haunting. Um, oh wow. Yeah, and um, I love Caitlin's thought dump. I connected to that a lot. Just like yeah. um, anything that's running through her brain. Um, yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of things. <laughs> I love it so yeah. much. I think sort of the best part of this so far is just being able to connect to like the people around here and have conversations. Like yeah. uh, Like the uh, the group of loud queer women conversation we had the other yes, night. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. We went, we had a real, we had a hangout yesterday where I think I laughed for about two hours straight without stopping. It was amazing. Yeah, we like um, proposed uh, various bad performance art projects. <laughs> Complained about white hummus. Yeah. Complained about all these weird, weird quote hummus Wait, but I, I think I thought about it, and then I thought, like, what if I am the pumpkin spice hummus? God Why would... 
Oh my god, is that like symbolic of the diaspora? Yeah. Like Arabs? Yeah. Oh and shit. And what if I hate myself for Oh my it? god, maybe this is what's going on. Maybe it's like all self-hate that we have. Because we were just trash-talking trash like anything that wasn't just plain hummus. It was like, oh, you added the jalapenos. You suck. You added dessert hummus. You should die. Maybe we're telling ourselves that. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Shit. That was really, that was like mind blowing just now. Oh shit! Because Ellie and I were just complaining about how we don't speak Arabic and like yeah. disconnected we have been for a long time in our lives from Arab stuff. Yeah. So maybe I, yeah, maybe same. that is what's I going think on. I am the pumpkin spice. We are the jalapeno hummus. Shit. I would. What do we I, do? I think I'm. I think I'm the punk. I think I'm the pumpkin. The pumpkin. You think you're the jalapeno? Yeah. At least, at least into savory stuff, okay. so it makes sense. I'm just really basic. I guess I'm the white bean hummus. Because <laughs> I'm not even full Arab. I'm only half. Sorry. <laughs> We're also doing a piece where we, like, give liver to people. It's called, like... Oh, yeah. Where we, like, hand... Like, livers of life. Livers of life. And we hand liver to people. Because we had this really good liver dish yesterday, and that inspired it. Yeah. <laughs> on, that what are you note, about? on that note, let's take a short pause. All right, so we're on day two for us at Mark for Redaction, and we're going to be here like all evening, so we'll see where this goes. This will probably end up being two episodes. I guess by the time it comes out, everyone will know, but we don't currently know. And. We are I, super... But I just tweeted we we're going to do two episodes. Oh, yeah. Okay. I guess we have to now. Yeah, That'd so be else, awkward if we didn't. Or else our boss will be totally mad at us. Yes. We'll be mad at ourselves. So... You know, I was, just, I was just thinking, like, the true tragedy of all, like, doing a podcast on this is we, like, while there's all this cool art stuff right here, the real... The real draw of this is just the people and just hanging out. We've had some of like the best conversations ever. Why is that a tragedy? Well, I mean, because it's not because these are not like formal open events. Like we can't invite everyone to the dinner we had over at that one restaurant on. Uh, oh, on I see what you're saying. Like we, yeah. I mean, we had this great conversation. We basically came up a word for a group of loud queer Arab women yeah and okay i see what you mean it's like mark for redaction is like the center of a lot of other things that are happening because of it that we're experiencing is that what you mean yeah yeah i got you like we were having all these other hangouts that wouldn't have happened otherwise yeah i love it i love when art brings people together and like art that celebrates a specific demographic is really needed sometimes because like we we need a space we need to relate to people i also love it because because this is like an art house thing it's a small audience it's pretty specific there's really no profit motive here so like anyone who's here trying to sell themselves or network you know yeah it's not about that it's there and they're clearly wasting their time so those people just don't show up so you come up with all these really cool really genuine people for example Hi. I'm, I'm, I was interviewed earlier a long yes. time ago, four episodes ago, five episodes ago. 
Um, yeah, like, it was the end of August, right? Weekends. It was the end of the August. It was end of August, but like, do you, is it like one, two, three, It's four, every English? week for us. Every week for English. That's what I'm saying, like, English. do we count English ones only, or do we say oh. like eight episodes ago? Oh, yeah, wait, actually, I don't know. <laughs> right. Okay, it was, it was like, a long time ago. It was a long time end ago. Of, it was like two months ago. Yes. We'll go with back. that. And they're back. I'm so excited because I was zoned out and I looked up. And their face was right there. And I was holding a pose for two minutes. I was like, I was like, are you gonna make me hold this pose forever? And then Ellie looked at me and was like, well, you could just come in. True, but I wanted to be dramatic. Dramatic. <laughs> oh man. Okay. So tell us what has. So you've been here before. Tell us like what you've noticed has changed. Do you feel like this is familiar? It's still familiar, or is this a new experience? I mean, it's definitely it's... a new. Exp- I feel like it's a new experience every time, like you walk into an art gallery, even if everything kind of has remained the same. But here, definitely, like there have been physical changes, like with the makeup of the room, the art moving across the walls, things like that. Yeah. Um, pieces shifting because new pieces have been added to the walls because I yeah. we heard that some were held up in customs. Um, thanks. Thanks, Saudi. But um, hashtag thanks, Saudi. I actually don't know what Saudi has to do with it, but I'm sure it's shitty. Uh, I don't know if some of the pieces came from I, there, I think that's or where some of the pieces are coming from, some of the artwork. Oh, um, shit. But or, yeah, so obviously the main difference is the big screen yeah, that's like yeah. hanging out in the middle of the room with all the chairs around it. So yeah. that wasn't here last time, cause, right? Because the um, film showing showing is yeah. So we're having film screenings, so it's a specific. Yeah. That wasn't here. Ah, I'm so excited that you're here. I know not everyone was at Yellow Punk, but it feels like a mini Yellow Punk again because it's the Yellow Punk is an idea or a concept. It's not just a festival. It's kind of the feeling mm-hmm. of this yeah. this it's, group. It's definitely a queer Arab space. I'm holding hands with my girlfriend. Queer, queer Swana. Yeah, I yeah, yeah. Queer Swana. <laughs> I think Arab. Arab supremacy. Yeah. Arab Shut supremacy. up. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's okay. <laughs> No, I, 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 no I do the same mistake all the time. I do it too. I, I'm or trying like I to get away that from Arabs it. Arabs are Muslim, and like that really bothers people because I'm just like, oh, how man. could you? I know. I'm like, I'm like, I'm so excited for another queer Muslim hangout, and people are like, why would you say Muslim? We're we're Swana folks, and I was like, oh yeah, my Coptic Christian base and all of them. I know. Sometimes it's hard. I, yeah, I'm tr- I'm trying. I'm trying to get away from the word Arab, but it is so ingrained in my head. Yeah. Like, Yeah, Yeah. I mean that's that's how it works. Yeah, just practicing on reframing is is a is a chore, but it is. Unlearning is a process. It is. You cannot become a better person without unlearning your shitty toxic processes that you had learned when you were. Yeah, yeah. Brought into this world. Like later, we're gonna talk to Hilal about what his first impression of us was, and. That sounds fun. It, yeah, and <laughs> I don't think he remembers me. He's done this here before. Uh, he, There's just a tone of like surprise in his voice. Really? Was he like, was oh. like, "Oh, how are you doing?" Okay, I hope right? so. I, I just feel like I'm a very forgettable person. No, you're not. So, <laughs> so I just I like to. Like, you're too cute to be forgettable. Don't you, think you. like I think I'm trash, but I don't want anyone else to think that about themselves. <laughs> We're like the special trash. Yeah, like we're the glittery trash. The glittery trash. The Lisa Frank of trash. <laughs> oh my God, the Lisa Frank of trash. The other day, Ellie, well, it was yesterday. Was Ellie? We were saying that Ellie is the recycling. I'm the trash. 
Nadia's the compost. And I'm the raccoon. <laughs> the raccoon, yeah. Mr. Slinky. <laughs> we had a raccoon near my apartment um, in, back when I was living in Northwest DC. Yeah. And um, I called him Mr. Slinky. And I would oh. go visit him when I was throwing out the trash. He just oh. hung out in our Did trash. he move like a slinky? Um, he I was just, like... Yeah, I mean, I feel like that's how all raccoons move, honestly. Yeah, they kind of do. Yeah. yeah. So I named him that, and he was my Aww. son. And yeah. I still miss him. Because I no longer am in Northwest. I'm in Northeast now. So I always wonder how he's yeah. doing. When you either figuratively or literally birth another creature, you yeah. there's a connection. You always wonder where, where, what they're up to. Yeah. Thinking of you. Birthing, birthing my cat, really. Yes. bonded us you know 100 percent. but i mean the thing about that bothered me about ellie saying she's recycling is that it implies she's being used over and over so there's a lot of symbolism in that trash it's kind of like okay you're or you're done you're done it could be transformative because you take yeah. plastic and you turn it into something new and then you that's turn it into true. something new and then you turn it into something new that's true positive spin i don't know i'm just i like that no i like that because we, that, that we got dark about it. That may have been where you were going with it. But. No, we got dark about it, but I think there's another thing where sometimes recycling is, like, made into something quite permanent. Yeah. And then cats. Yeah. Uh, that sounds bad, too, like you're kept. Okay, whatever. And that was our two-minute digression of how we're going to trash. <laughs> and then Nadia was like, oh, I'm compost. And then we got sad because, that, because compost is always kept in a different area than recycling and trash and then we realized well she lives in new york and we live in houston so it it is a good metaphor mm -hmm. where we all understand each other we're all tossed out sometimes but we are kept in separate separate places usually mm -hmm. Sounds and good. sometimes you all come together so can't imagine in the context of that metaphor what i would be so you could be any any kind of trash that, trash that you want thank you believe in yourself be the trash you want to be <laughs> yes <laughs> believe in yourself maybe i would be like the bins Aww. oh that's yeah you help contain the chaos do you sure do you sure. do that do i you, feel like do you i, feel like I, you I like help to play supportive roles so Aww. i hold people in little bins love it right, let's pause Okay, we just <laughs> sorry. Just collecting my thoughts. <laughs> we just um took a break. Sorry, it's really hard. We've have been having a lot of great conversations here, so Alia We just had a lot of conversations like about trash and stuff that um won't be reflected in this podcast. And so this transition is really hard because we just went from um, a couple hours ago, we talked to Elias a few hours ago, and then we had um, Ruben who gave this really cool calligraphy workshop where he explored a lot of the similarity, similarities between um, Hebrew and Arabic and how you can show that within the calligraphy context. And it was really beautiful. And... Then um, Raid, the guy that talked on the podcast yesterday, he had another film screening of the film 74. Ellie, can you talk a little about that? Okay, so back in 74, the 
American University of Beirut was occupied by students who had demands, and it was complicated, to say the least. But I think we've covered that anything that happens in the Middle East is fundamentally complicated. So uh, go check the Wikipedia article, but um, basically the movie sort of covered the infighting and politics surrounding it. Uh, and it was super cool because one of the things about it was uh, it was unscripted. Basically, all the actors were already activists in their own right who were told to go research these people and the circumstances, and they just played it out with no lines and direction. Well, some direction, but no real script. Well, they had it. It was sort of like a script. It was a historical script, but it was, but it was just really fascinating to see because it sort of... It showed the sort of devolution in fighting that almost every like leftist group that I've ever been a part of eventually gets into. And I saw it's like, and everyone there seemed to have echoed it somewhat. Like I saw it with the Students United for Peace in the uh, run up of the Iraq War under Bush. Then some someone else talked about Occupy Wall Street and how that happened. And it and how it just we and one of the points brought up was uh how westerners never learn our history but we also have a hard time learning our own history even with our revolutionary failures as well publicized as this so it was it was really cool um hopefully hopefully we'll be able to get a link to this movie if not um i'm sorry so um Anyone else in the room who saw the film, if anyone wants to talk about it? Should anyone? I've talked a lot on we need, we need you. Okay. Hey. <laughs> uh, I Nadia, here. The film was, um, a, yeah, it was like a really, it felt really real to student activism and the way personalities and politics kind of fall apart in those rooms, um, and also the way that no one can exactly tell how important what they're doing is and um, to what extent it's like just a student protest and to what extent it's like connected to outside political events. And also just like the pacing of the movie kind of got like just like the energy of those movements where it starts out like very excited and then it kind of blows up and then like it like everyone gets tired it kind of stretches on and i thought that kind of pacing was really captured there's so. probably a lot of tension but like that grows yeah internally right yeah tension but also just like i think that's an issue with like revolutions and political movements in general it's that like it's hard to keep up that energy <laughs> forever yeah and like people you technically on the same side of things still get into it with each other yeah. It's like inevitable human nature. Yeah, both like in terms of like ideological conflicts and just like when you put that many people in a room together. Yeah. People have issues. Um, uh, we talked about like m- misogynistic dynamics that come up um, in a lot of those leftist movements like socialist bros. Um, oh, God. Yeah. Socialist, talk- bros. socialist bros talking down to um, women in movements who might have. Like, there was one character who was um, very much, like, centrist, liberal-y, and was criticized for that, but also, like, criticized in a pretty, like, misogynistic, condescending way. Um, So the ways, like, personal dynamics and politics kind of, like, rub up against each other. Um, Yeah. 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 Hmm. Good insight. Yeah. 
can you can either of you expand more on socialist bros i've actually never heard that phrase all right um actually i think you may have a fresher take on this than i do either um just like they are hmm, how do i put this like well we could just talk about the bernie bros and how that yeah oh Oh, i see what you're saying um the content of what they're saying is um very progressive leftist ideas the way they're using it is to um imply that they're smarter than you and know more than you and don't need to listen to you okay yeah okay i get a clear picture of the type yeah i'm so woke and who are you to criticize my wokeness yes right it's depressing because like being woke can clearly only take one shape and be only for certain people like men who are white yes how dare your female feeble female brain doesn't get my wokeness (laughs) we can never we can never understand oh my god oh my god you're just one of those feminazis aren't you yes oh my god uh, which is far less funny now that actual Nazis are back into yeah. politics, but I digress. Mm-hmm. All right, let's end this on this depressing <laughs> let's note. Let's pause right here. Okay, right now we are with the legendary Lebanese mafia. <laughs> um, I wouldn't say legendary. Um, but thank you so much. Uh, yeah, thank you. For my name is uh, Hilal Khalil, and um, thank you so much for. Um, Coming here, we're here at the Mark for Redaction, Alamit al and uh, yeah, we're in the Habibi room, um, envisioned by uh, Noor Balut, um, who's in Detroit right now. We miss you, Noor, and uh, yeah, thanks so much for being here um, and uh, for being in the space. Yeah. Well, thank, thank you, you for, for your your kind invitation. Yeah, thank you for having us. We're so glad we got to connect at Yalapunk. Oh, yeah, totally. And I just have to, I've got to be real with you all. <laughs> Do it. I got to be real. We got emotionally prepared for this earlier. <laughs> so I literally saw them. They're like, oh, they're like, oh, there's a queer Arabs podcast. They're like here. And I'm like, I'm like to Bashad. I'm like, what is, what is going on? Like, what is this? Who like, the who, the, yes, who the fuck are these people? <laughs> like, not like that I'm haters or anything. It was like, we have been brought up to like be super scared of like any fucking like organization. Like after a gay girl in Syria, that was a fucking oh white man. God. It's the like fucking disaster. Fucking informants, fucking like organizations <laughs> being funded by like oh. Zionist organizations. You know, oh I'm God. like super. Like I can't even trust people. It wasn't that yeah. I wasn't like, oh, who, who are they? Like are they Arab? I was like who the fuck are they? Like, what is their deal? So then I had to, we had, I sent a friend to go and like ask y'all questions and scope you out. And then they came back to us and said that y'all were cool. And then, yeah, isn't that, that's so, that's so fucked up that we think that way and how we police each other without even knowing, like without even just like by passing a judgment based on like what you called your podcast, you know, not even knowing your names. No, um, but it's that that's the society we've had to fucking deal with. Um, like the gay girl in Syria, I was so I felt so close to that blog and I got so invested emotionally and all this stuff. Like, I think we even messaged each other once on oh Facebook. Like, it was so creepy. And then we found out, yeah, it's this fucking creepy ass fuck in um, Edinburgh or wherever, somewhere in Scotland, like. 
um, using the gay girl in Syria narrative to like get all this attention and um, <clears throat> Lena doesn't. I hope doesn't do that. <clears throat> so this is totally different, but in a way, it's like someone using exactly. someone else's struggle to like further get some fame or get some attention exactly. or money or whatever or market themselves and that's and that's what well we're talking what i'm talking about like like queerness as currency um you know where where artists are using their queerness um Leila, um example like they're using that to promote their work um either as queer artists or as queer art and that's something that we we did not want in um, mark for redaction mm-hmm. for example like even though the artists here are self-identified um, queer people um, and trans and gender non-conforming folks as well. Uh, I didn't really ask people like their backgrounds. I didn't really yeah. dive into it because I wanted the art to speak for themselves. And I wanted people mm-hmm. to be recognized um, not only for the struggles they've been through, but also that it's fucking amazing art, you know? Yeah. And it, you don't need to u- use your identity to sell your work. The work will, you know, it speaks for itself. That's, I love that. That, and if you walk in here, you'll be like, yeah, this art is pretty fucking gay. In the best way. Yeah, yeah, like you, I mean, the art, all you need is the art to get uh, so many messages. You don't need, like, yeah, someone doesn't have to be standing by it and saying, like, hey, look at me, I'm queer. (laughs) I get what you're saying. It's like, please score me very high with these minority points that I am presenting to you, Mm -hmm. the audience. Um, I'm so glad we're having these conversations here uh, because that's like really the spirit of Habibi Room and it's more intimate. And also, uh, yeah, we're really, you know, dealing with, you know, we're we're being real with each other and we're making Mm -hmm. mistakes. Um, We had an allies night um, last Friday yet led by um, Camilla Youssef, uh, which was amazing. Yeah. We had this dancer come okay. and uh, was, you know, came in, wanted to be a part of it. And um, they asked if they could interact with the art through dance. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, that's that's a great way for an ally to, like, appreciate art. And she was a, like a professional, you know, modern dancer. And then she just came in and like for 10 minutes, she was just like dancing in the space mm-hmm. and like really appreciating the art through dance um, and how each piece made her feel. So it was a really great um, allies um, night where we talked about, you know, queer utopias. Um, So it was really amazing. Cool. Can you talk about when you say queer utopias, what came up? Um, We were talking about like this, like it's important, you know, for, uh, we're talking about like you know, I was utopia dead. This idea that you know utopia is not attainable. Um, but I think yeah. for you know people um, like us, like a queer utopia, queer uh, you know POC utopia, like our vision, our dreams, like this space, being here in this space, like this is you know, you know, a, yeah. a, a little bit, you know, a little taste of that yeah. community. I yeah. mean, we've got a lesbian couple interviewing people in a artist space that's also very queer and no one feels odd or awkward about it like i am not afraid to hold my girlfriend's hand in a public space that mm-hmm. well in I, a, yeah in an arab space and that's like so fucking cool i can't deal with it so cool do you yeah. know also do you hear those drums uh-huh yeah um that's what's this about is also happen. really really cool 
Yeah. Um, also, I'd like to introduce a dear friend. Sophia. Sophia. Yeah. Hi. Flower Hi. Punk. Uh, yeah, I guess that's what I call myself sometimes. That's your Instagram. <laughs> that's Instagram. Uh, yeah. You might want to get, get closer to the mic. Oh, oh no, it's, it's fine. Whatever it's comfortable for you. Yeah. I think I think this will pick up the drum. Okay. Does it sound okay? I, I, yeah. <laughs> it I, does. Okay, fine. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, I just want to say that Sophia came to uh, one of my salons and surprised me. And I was like, you know, and I, there's always that one person that comes, there's that one artist that comes to the salons I've noticed, like, like as a surprise. And I was like, and Sophia came, and I was, I was like, oh my God, you're here. I want to hear you perform. And then you were like, oh, only if I have a guitar. And I'm like, I have a guitar, of course. <laughs> I was like, can you want to go like practice and oh you know gosh. like join the lineup? And uh, now Sophia's back here at. Uh, Thank you for making these spaces where I can do that. It really oh. means a lot, honestly. Oh. Thank you. It means a lot that you're here. tradition music is a participatory activity 
I'll take it if no one wants it. I don't need to ever ignore it, but... You don't have to... It's not... You're not hoarding. Okay. Go for it. <laughs> Do your thing. It's so beautiful, this It's tambourine. really pretty. Hit it. See how oh it's done. Shake it. You can hit it harder than that. Yeah. Yes. Okay, wait, but I need to find the beat of this song. So this song is uh, specifically a Tunisian Jewish folk song about a saint called Sidi Mansour. Like oh, asking, yeah. <laughs> you heard of it? Yeah, but I didn't know it was it was Sidi Mansour comes from. I mean, I know this history. I didn't know it was a tr- traditional mm-hmm. folk song. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's that's what I know. I, I I asked my friend who lives in LA who like does Sephardic music mm-hmm. for like like all the time. Mm-hmm. They're like a oud player and stuff. Oh, wow. I was like, S- give me your Tunisian Jewish stuff. <laughs> like, what do you have for me? And they sent me this, and I already kind of knew it. So, it's I'm gonna need your help though. Okay. So. This is how the chorus goes, and I want to try to sing this together. So it goes like this. Hold on.
Phoenician Jewish folk song. That is what I have been told from by multiple people. So it's like, I, yeah, it's, I think it's so. It's been redone like by so many artists. Like, I know it really like, has. It's funny. I, was like, I, <laughs> I knew it was Tunisian. I just didn't know Tunisian Jewish. Like wow, that's yeah. so wild. That's, awesome. that's what I've been told. I don't know if that's a hundred percent. I hope that I, I hope that I, I hope that I didn't. You guys didn't feel like you were pressured. It participating. <laughs> no, no, that was, we, all, we all know that song. Like, yeah, we know that song. That song yeah. yeah, it's like... That's so funny. And then you were I love like, that. You're like, I don't know anything about my Arab, I don't feel comfortable with Arab Jewish culture, like Arab Shut Indonesian up. culture. Well, that's you're why like, I went and like, found this stuff. You know all this stuff. You know, you know, know all this stuff. You I don't know. You're like, I don't feel comfortable in Arab spaces. <laughs> No, I know, but you're like, you like know it's all like, this It's stuff. like, I didn't, I didn't know that <coughs> before, like, recently, but I do know music, <laughs> so yeah. it's easy for me to connect to this shit through music. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, you can't be comfortable if you spend some time being uncomfortable. Yeah, exactly. So I have two songs left. One of them is kind of like a prayer. It's like a... Quote from the Baal Shem Tov, which says, "Kol haolam kulo kesher tzar meod, vehaykar lo lefached klal," which means all the wo- whole world is a very narrow bridge, and the key is not to be afraid. Mm. So that's the one song that I have, and then the other one is um, the Yiddish song of the Partisans during the Shoah, um, that is about taking up arms and like fighting against fascism mm-hmm. yeah is what it's about <laughs> is really what it's about <laughs> and like fighting against these oppressive forces so i want to ask for which one y'all want to hear first because i don't know which one i should play first i was tending towards the partisan song but what do we think personally yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Mm. no I'm gonna need the tambourine. I mean, don't let us dominate the conversation. Anyone wants to sing? Now nah, do the other one. <laughs> I love being injured all the time. It's so fun. Just kidding. I hate it so much. <laughs> Normally I would have a guitar, but I've never, I've never like performed with a drum like this before. Um, this is my first uh, venture into percussion. Amazing. You sound really comfortable. <laughs> Yeah, I like have good rhythm, but it's very rudimentary. But it is the rhythm. I don't know. It's something I never really explored before. But now I have the tools. It's easier for you to play with the drums instead of the guitar. It's just less strenuous on my hands. Like it's still like you know I'm using my hands. (laughs) There's nothing for which I can't. But guitar is like. I just have to refine have my to, technique. Yeah. I like tense yeah. too much when I hold the neck, and I need to learn how to relax and play. But uh, I haven't gotten gotten there yet. But that is going to happen at some point. Anyway, this is Zognit Kainmul. I'm gonna do part of it in Yiddish and part of it in English, and it's basically about people's war. Nikin Mullahs do Gistam Metzen Beg. Hoshim Levine, a Fashel employee. Kum and Zetten 
noch unser heißgebänkte Schoß. Wetter bräucht und unser Trotz mir seinen Dorf. Kommen seid noch unser heißgebänkte Schoß. Wetter bräucht und unser Trotz mir seinen Dorf. From lands of green palm trees to lands all white with snow. We are coming with our pain and with our woe. And for everywhere our comrades but displayed, our courage and our strength will blossom from the dirt. And for everywhere our comrades blood did spurt, our courage and our strength will blossom from the dirt. Svet die Morgens und Bagels in unserem Heind. Und der Nacht in Wetsch verschwinden mit dem Feind. Nur all versammeln wird die Sonnenbären kein Ohr. Wie Aparoso gehen durchs Licht von Sozidor. Nur all versammeln wird die Sonnenbären kein Ohr. Wie Aparoso gehen durchs Licht von Sozidor. The song was written with our blood and not with lead. It's not a little tune that birds sing overhead. This song of people sang amidst collapsing walls. With pistols in their hands, they heeded to the call. This song of people sang amidst collapsing walls. With pistols in their hands, they heeded to the call. So never say that you are on your final road. Though lead-filled skies may overshadow skies of blue, the hour for which we have been hungering is here. The earth shall tremble neath our tread that we are here. The hour for which we have been hungering is near. The earth shall tremble neath our tread, mir seinen sure what they mean but I'm always like okay thanks just put into words <laughs> wow Yeah. Like, thinking back to like our eraser of like our cultures 
Yeah, I think it is really valuable that we can have these spaces to share and continue these traditions. I don't know, I was also thinking last weekend during the same conversation that um, when I was studying about like theologians and philosophers in the Middle Ages in like Sephardi, Jewish, North African, Iberian region, Part of um, what my professor stressed was that, like, it was common practice for most of our history for, like, Muslims and Jews and Christians and, like, people from all different religious and ethnic backgrounds throughout this region that we don't really know what to call, Mm -hmm. that we're all from, (laughs) uh, who came together and exchanged ideas which is why there's a lot of like interwoven similarities and differences and diversities and different like communications and correlations. It's so it's 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 surreal, but it's also like also what we've been doing for millennia, mm-hmm. literally. Anyway, yeah, this is a really nice song. It's from the Baal Shem Tov, who is actually the the quote is from the Baal Shem Tov, who is actually the founder of Hasidism as like a sect of Judaism. Oh, yeah, there's like a whole, I'm not gonna, I mean, unless you want me to, I could get into the differences and the, what that means, but I don't have to. Uh, I'm, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> sorry. So, um, sorry no, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll share the info, why not? Um, I don't wanna feel like, I don't want you to feel lectured at, but I like to. Yeah, please. Oh, this is part of the performance. Oh, lol, duh. I forgot for a second. Um, what the fuck was I saying? Oh yeah, the Baal Shem Tov was the founder of Hasidism, which is like a sect of Judaism. Which like his uh, his ideas and like his the traditions that came from his teachings are very focused around like joy. Um, which is why, like, like, there's, like, I don't know, uh, I don't know, it's complicated to explain. It was, like, a movement, and, like, in, like, the late Middle Ages, I think, Mm -hmm. where, like, they were more, I don't know, maybe I don't know as much as I thought. The, the, the focus is on joy. That's all I remember. And it's very, like, religious. There's, like, still these communities of, like, very, like, orthodox religious Hasidism, Hasidim of varying degrees to, like, very patriarchal and, and like, suppressive to, like, not so much that, you know, um, but still in some ways. Cultures, man. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of them. Anyway, <laughs> it's a trip. <laughs> it really is a trip. Yeah. It's it's a whole journey. Humans, humans, right? Humans are weird. Yeah. Mhm. Yep. So yeah. I need more water. <laughs> Thank you, Donna. Thank you so much. Um, big shout out to Donna. Yes. Um, yes. <laughs> Thursday, um, holding down the fort, um, but putting, dealing with everything and putting up art and 
really making sure that everything is great um, really helps out so much with the show. So thank you so much. Yes, it is. Um,
I mean, like, as in... Okay, I think we're... No, we're better. It's in, like, like, there were elements that, we that they... Could they there, it could have been reconcilable. That's yeah. the thing about yeah. Yeah. what just happened in the film that we saw. The, the contradictions between... On, on the one hand, the misogyny and the patriarchy being re... You know, like, no analysis of social reproduction, no analysis of feminism at all in their mm -hmm. practice, which is a very basic element of revolutionary Marxism mm -hmm. is feminism. Exactly. Um, and on the other hand, like, the failure to, like, listen to one another, kind of, and, like, it's important to be militant. Yes, it's very important mm -hmm. to be militant. This is unquestionably true. And... Uh, you do have to make hard decisions, but you can do it in a way where you listen to one another mm -hmm. and find ways in which you can struggle together to create cr the correct idea, which is what exactly what the girl was talking about in the movie. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Struggling together to reconcile contradictions, but it's all based on love. That's the thing exactly. that this guy didn't get. And Fidel Castro himself said that love is the heart of any revolution because it's a love for the people that motivates you mm -hmm. to make revolution and that is the most important thing mm -hmm. like struggling together to figure out the the best way of going about things and like truly understanding the the economic structures of the society in which we live is very incredibly important but but love is no less important like mm -hmm. it's not like there's the, it's this it's false dichotomy between that and, and emotionality that. And I think that community building is going to save us, literally. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's about setting ego aside and yeah. um, recognizing that everyone brings value. I realized that I'm, I was like, oh, my artistic practice is I want to be a community maker. Like, that's my art. Like, that's mm -hmm. what I want to do. Mm -hmm. And so. That's what really we wanted to do with this show was like, okay, how can we have art be like a, like a talking point? Like how can we have the art stimulate conversation yes. in a space? Yes. That's really the, what we wanted to do with this show. Um, so I hope y'all you know, had conversations. Not just conversations, but connections. Conversations, connections, maybe like some making outs. I know, I know, knew I knew I was here. There was probably some. <laughs> I'm just oh I'm sorry. No. <laughs> Does anyone else want to try the drum? You don't have to.